Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. Throughout human history, there have been countless scuffles, melees, and fracasses. When planes were invented, we didn't magically just stop belting the shit out of each other. So ladies and gentlemen, strap in, kick your shoes off, recline your seat without checking, drink your duty-free, and start staring aggressively at strangers. This is Mid-Flight Brawl. Mid-Air Madness, passengers trading blows. Mid-Air Brawl on board a scoot flight from the Gulf Coast. At LAX. Thrown off a flight from Bali. A disruptive passenger on board. Cussing, screaming, spitting, even urinating. So many of them have been captured on cell phones. Where's the lady that started the s***? Where's the bloody s***? talking to me! I hope this crashes. Out the fucking door! Welcome to Mid-Flight Brawl. Any tip rat can fly now. Here's what happens when they do. I'm Nick Cody. And I'm Luke Heggie. How you going, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm happy uh, to, know, to know that p- some people are definitely listening to this. I've been receiving <laughs> jocular messages from people who listened to last week's episode. Just Man. Good na- good-natured ribbing from complete strangers. Oh, so, it's gone off. Why even Why even do all this research and everything when you could just stumble over a word every now and again and that'll, that'll get some fucking heat? Every now and again, about one in every two or three hundred thousand. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Good thing. Good thing, though, you, you managed to deputise a bunch of bedroom-dwelling fucking crispy shoelace owners to, to participate in your <laughs> little on. stacks on. <laughs> What's a crispy shoelace? Is that, um, is that Velcro? Yeah. Is just that those you... fucking... I've never heard that. Hey? Oh, I just can't go out and get crispy shoelaces out at the pub. Just a, <laughs> just a grub thing to have, crispy shoelaces. <laughs> It was all over this. If you haven't heard the episode last week, this was a clip from two weeks ago that I brought up. Ruin Christmas. It was just you having a little, one little slip up on, on the word Christmas. Ruin Christmas. And um, yeah. I'm all for equal opportunity, Heggy. So it was very, it was very nice to receive an email um, that had a YouTube link on, in it. This, an email, it contained a YouTube link and it said from one minute, oh five in. Pull this, please, so I can make a massive deal of it and some of your nerd friends compile on you for a simple mistake. And that was sent from one Mr. Luke Heggie. <laughs> so you want to give me shit and you don't even know how to pull audio. But I've done it. I've done it for you. Oh, you're good sport. Man, good on you. The fair's fair. And listening back to it, fuck, when you, when you just take it out of the whole clip, fuck, it stands out. It's more of a stuff up than yours. This was um, a little bit more high stakes. This was on the Conan O'Brien show doing stand-up in the US in 2016. Um, here's the clip. In that old house, you were going to get in the shower and think, am I washing myself or is there an old stroke victim dribbling on me, <laughs> dribbling on me from the roof? Man, I dribbled on the word dribble. Oh, biggest laugh you got, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I sat through, I had a fucking playlist of... Nick Cody stand-up clips yep. playing in the background for Bless. a solid 
hour and a half, I reckon, while I was doing something else. Didn't come across it. You and, couldn't uh, find it. Man, well, I couldn't ha- find that, but then you, you, you sort of alluded to the Conan thing, so, of course, I found it straight away there. I even played that one, but just it just skimmed across it. How do you miss this? That's how good the joke was. I didn't even need the word to come out clearly, Heggy. Just alluding oh, right. to yeah, it. Okay. It was in all my physical yes. actions. I was probably mid-dance or something. Well, I'll bet this elicits no shit for you. Just like you having a, getting a bit of a chill and taking some sickies. Besides... <laughs> one little sideswipe from your own mother. Not one person thought they'd stack onto Australia's favourite larrikin. No way. I I did cop some shit about being sick. Oh no, it was you probably you no, probably you won't have the nerve to have a sickie again. Blah blah blah. But right, being quite ill in the coronavirus times, you know, it's not going to match up to ruin Christmas. I wouldn't think so. You fucking Christmas dribbles. <laughs> oh yeah, nice little remix. Ruin Christmas. Some dribbling on me. <laughs> dribbling on me. <laughs> In real time. Nice one, man. Oh, the toy. The toy's going to be hot. Bit of steam coming off it already. It's this Queensland humidity. Yeah, good, man. Um, Um, Man, you did cop a lot of shit, and I do want to thank everyone for the Instagram messages and emails and fucking snail mail. Everyone sent everything. They were calling into Triple M. People just couldn't wait. There's a a lot of talk of um, Merry Christmas merch, Heggy. So... What's... Just classic tall poppy shit, isn't it? Try and, try and resent uh... success. Success is, is this success? Ruin Christmas. <laughs> Just looking for fucking something, sitting there, go, yeah, got him, and uh, it's contagious, obviously. Yeah, well, you know what makes you think, doesn't it? Mm. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's been quite a sad week, Heggy. Besides, obviously, you getting pulled on by the entire internet. Trying to get you cancelled yep. for saying Christmas. Um, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say cancelled, <laughs> but you know who knows? Maybe. Well, someone with a speech impediment taking offence or something that we're all having a laugh about it. Well, you're, that's how you get cancelled, maybe. Well, because you're on building sites at the minute, cancelled on a building site, I assume, is just bashed. So I don't know. Can you get bashed for lisping one word still in 2020? Nah, there's not many bashings going on these days. Even they've settled down. Well, I don't work on a bashing sort of site. Pretty no. casual. What are you building? But, uh, Burnwoods? As... Come on. It's <laughs> uh... <laughs> rich people's houses. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What's the tackiest shit you've seen? Oh, oh man. Well, of course. Out. I, I used to go and do little jobs out western suburbs and stuff, and they're big houses. Love a McMansion. Oh, people would. Like, you're doing a bit of work, and they're, they're all very, they're very proud but not in a good way. Like, pride's become... Pride's always been a bit dirty to me, but somehow it's fucking... You know, it's nice now to have heaps of pride, <laughs> but I see, I still see it as one of the sins. But anyway, they're, they're very proud. And um, people say things like, yeah, look at my place in here. There's a media room, parents retreat, rumpus. Oh, my, yeah, hold and, on. And just, hold on one second. Can you run through those rooms slowly? Media room. Parents retreat. Rumpus. They've done it. Study Nook. Oh, Study yeah, Nook. <laughs> this is free yeah. games in free games. Yeah. There's <laughs> your feature. <laughs> um, yeah, very proud of that. And they'd sort of try to find out how you live. You go, man, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm coming doing odd jobs and builders labouring. I'm not living in a McMansion, clearly. And uh, they'd say, where do you live? I'll go, Coogee. 
And this one woman goes, Oh, yeah? Bet you live in a shoebox. <laughs> like just fucking knowing how I live in a small place and just got me. Then she just <laughs> sipped it, sipped her icy cold ginger ale and, and walked off <laughs> on the plush pile carpet to sit on a fucking cane lounger. Man, you know it's a bogan's house where the, where the place to study is an afterthought. So, like, oh, yeah, just put it in behind the oven. Just yeah, <laughs> and then have a fucking media center for Bathurst and beanbags. Oh that's yeah, that's a quarter acre. <laughs> oh, I'd like to know what food. they're studying. Could be an yeah. extra bedroom. <laughs> Man, my favorite thing. I don't know if we've covered this on the show before. Is um at Triple M in the mornings. They've got TVs on in the studio, and so there's fucking Today Show and Sunrise and all that shit just on silent. There are a lot of da- oh. a lot of dancing on the Today Show at the minute. Don't know what's happening, but um oh, that. Cash cow, that sort of thing. Is yeah, it cash that, cow? I think that's Sunrise. No, this is just Carl Stefanovic and oh, okay, and co-hosts. They're just having a dance all the time. Not sure why. Shh. The Grim World. I'm sure she's got it. I'm sure she's got a name, Nick. Yeah, Alison Not- Langdon. There you go. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, okay. Stop. Shut the blog down. Yep. Now that off. <laughs> <laughs> Cody lives to find another day. Um, <laughs> but there's uh, there they're all there's a lot of Skype interviews going on at the minute obviously because i can't send camera crews everywhere and uh, oh, yeah. i do love the setup that people go with um behind them to really show off what they're what they're like oh they've, they've sort of decorated the background yeah and i i think bookshops if you want to get bookshops really flying again should just have a smart cunt pack where you just turn up. It's just a flat fee. They give you all the books required to put behind you on a shelf. So people yeah. interviewing and- you think you're a smart cunt. Oh, do, do any of them just have like 10 copies of Dan Brown across the back <laughs> of their head there? No, I saw... That'd be I, the best. On Fox Fox Sports was on one of the screens today. It's a lot of screens. And Fox Sports, there was a rugby player that was just holding his laptop up in a dark hallway. Looked very shit. Um, yeah. The bloke from Home Improvement, remember Al? Oh, yeah. yeah. Al, Al was on there. He still seems to have the body of Al, but he's lost a lot of weight in his head. It's a weird, like, it, there's been a curse put on him. Um, okay. But he had, goes first. he had half half library, half illuminated fish tank. Yes. He's bought Very that with, good. The, with money from the oh, days. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, fish tank. As I was saying, new money. Oh, fish tank. Yes. Oh yeah, mini aquarium in the house. It is. Yeah. If you've got anything above a goldfish, you're a fucking new money tip rat. Oh yeah. Well, maybe empty it out and whack a couple of reptiles in there if you really <laughs> want to ram the point home. <laughs> if you've got to go and buy rats for a pet of yours to eat, <laughs> um, man, very. Very sad news this week, though, Heggy, in the world of airlines. Um, there was a death. Tiger Airlines, mate. Oh, she dead. That's a shame. Yeah. R.I.P. Tiger. You know, you know when you've got like a, a a great auntie, and then you find out she died at ninety six, and you thought, "Fuck, I thought she was dead for the last fifteen years." Yeah, I think that's a bit Don't... like Tiger. <laughs> well, was their parent company not Virgin? Yeah. Well, fucking, what do you expect? Like, it's, I don't know. Anyway, I didn't shed many tears. You, you, you clearly have some good memories. 
Not good memories. I don't think anybody's ever had a good memory from Tiger um, a few years ago. It was one of the reasons I became such a fucking airline snob was because of Tiger. Back in, yeah. I reckon, 2010 or 11, went over to Perth to do some gigs, and you're doing $40 gigs. So Tiger had a sale on that was like $99 one way from Melbourne, $1 return. Right. So that's, it was a, that's how they get you. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> oh fuck, they got me. It was a dollar return, and the flight. It was the it was the last flight of the night. Um. Oh. So like leaving at eleven fifty nine p.m. from Perth, landing in Melbourne, sort of five thirty in the morning. Just the shittest flight because it takes three and a half hours. So maximum sleep you're getting is three and a half hours. Yeah, in a tiger yep. seat. So. It was a dollar return. They cancelled it four nights in a row. Oh. What the? You just kept going back. Yeah, I had to keep going back because they said, yep, it's on tonight. Then you turn up, get through security and everything, and go, sorry, guys. Did you ever fly Tiger again after that? No. So angry. <laughs> hey, man, this is the third night in a row. Any luck? <clears throat> All right. I'll see my way out. Far I'll head out. back to my, no way. my cousin's place. It was fucking oh. brutal. As I switched Gross. over to Virgin, never again. But a few months before that incident, I had to fly to Sydney one day for an audition I didn't get. You know, we've spoken about these things before. Um, Standard. I made the mistake. That's that's why I never do them now, Heggy, because I had to fly interstate to be rejected. Oh, God. And yep. um, I lost. I'm going to have to beep the name out here, but I lost. It was, a, it was one of those, you know, like payday loans. Oh, God. It, yeah. was, it was for one of those, and I lost to... Oh, sucks. <laughs> Did you beep it out? You beeped out the name, yeah? yeah it'll be all fine. It's not live, don't worry. <laughs> Fuck, you really don't know how the equipment works. <laughs> oh. I just don't want you to miss it later on. No, mate, I'd get fine, fine tooth comb, I'll go through this bad boy. Yeah, right. Um, oh, well, but on the, on the flight home, on the flight... <laughs> But on the flight home that day, um, coming from Sydney back to Melbourne, hopped on. And for some reason, because it's all economy, I was like, row t- it's all economy. I was row two. Row one was emergency exit. And there was a woman yep. that sat in the aisle. So I was in the aisle in row two, in front of me in row one. There was a woman that got on the plane who, was, who had a physical disability. Like, no doubt. I'm not sure what it was, if it was cerebral palsy or whatever. But she fucking had... Aussie battler spirit. She was pushing through. But yep. she's st- struggling even to get on the plane because it was one of those you've got to walk upstairs to get on. And the flight attendant, um, I'm not sure where she was from, but English was a second language. And she yep. said to the lady, you can't sit here. And I'm, I, you know when you have headphones in but nothing's on because you want to pretend you're not listening you want to pretend you're yeah. listening to music or a podcast or something, but you really just yeah. want to hear the argument. <laughs> she, she, the, uh, the flight attendant said, you can't sit here. And the lady said, why not? And the flight attendant couldn't even put in... It's like, what? Are you serious? Like, do you not yeah. know what you have? <laughs> and the lady said... Well, she said I, why not? It's Tiger. Do what I want. <laughs> That's why I paid a dollar. I thought yeah. it was fucking loose here. But she she said, why not? Put my bag above the seat for me. Like, put my bag in the locker. And the lady said, no, you can't sit here. And she said, tell me 
why I can't sit here. Now, this lady has clearly got a physical disability and the flight yep. attendant said, obviously, you are quite injured. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the Very wording nice. was so good. Yeah. <laughs> As if she's fucking rolled an ankle on the tarmac. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was beyond injury. <laughs> well, illness, illness and injury does get uh, confused when you uh, when you translate into a lot of languages. So it could be a birth illness. Fucking I don't know, right. A, a birth injury. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Full credit to the chick. Didn't move. Sat it out. Really sat it out for out like for the whole flight. Sat it out. Just sat there. Refused to move. Somebody else put her bag up for her. Didn't get kicked off, nothing. I didn't, I didn't put her bag up for her because I'm not ableist. I said, you can do it. I believe yeah, in you. Yeah, right. Oh, good on you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, give a man a fish, all that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Should we get into it? Yeah, we better get stuck in, mate. So, so we're looking at, here we're looking at, if you can cast your mind back to August 16, 2011. Paris to Dublin flight, CityJet, oh, no. a, a subsidiary of uh, Air France, AF5010. And what's happened is... You know who they're going to the land of. Your mate. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, this is actually this is actually the fucking clash. These are fucking my mates versus your mates. The French v. the Irish. Yeah. Well, yeah, if they got there, it would have been. A, uh, a Frenchman's got on the plane, right? Maggot. Slash stone cold sober, depending who you believe, and um, he was told to stay in his seat for fifteen minutes until the bathrooms could be unlocked. Yeah, and he said, "No, I need to go now. I'm Gerard Depardieu. Oh, I won a Golden Globe for my role as a hapless but charming foreigner in Green Card. I'm not going to suffer like other people do. No way, man. I've had to. It's fucking brutal when you have to piss before takeoff, though." A self-inflicted one, especially. Like, needing, oh, yeah. I'm going to piss as soon as the seatbelt sign comes off. That's one thing. But, fuck, I had 15 beers at the airport. I forgot that may affect me in 20 minutes' time. Yeah. Well, yeah, it affected Jared. He, he was on his way to Ireland to film Asterix and Obelix, God Save Britannia. He was the fat one. And um, an eyewitness said that Depardieu said, I need to piss, I need to piss, I can't wait. And then proceeded to unzip and piss on the carpet. Still seated? Uh, yeah, still seated. Big dick or good stream? I can't imagine Depardieu having a good stream. <laughs> Just a man of that size and he, he fucking loves a drink, doesn't he? He certainly does, as will become apparent. <laughs> he, um, but there was a conflicting story. Fellow actor Edouard Bayer, Asterix, was uh, travelling with him and disagreed with an eyewitness with nothing to gain or lose from telling the truth. He said... <laughs> Jared has prostate problems, and it was very worrying and humiliating for him. He was also stone-cold sober at the time. This is not the way he usually behaves. Asterix gave him a bottle to piss in, and he's oh. done that, but the bottle, the bottle filled up and a few drops went on the floor, according oh. to them. So an embarrassed Depardieu offered to clean it up, but the airline weren't having it. Ah. They returned to the gate and kicked them off. Boo. Spent two hours cleaning cleaning the plane for two hours, and then flew to idyllic Dublin, Ireland, where you can still throw a bucket full of food scraps out your kitchen window and no one cares, as well as piss wherever you like, from what I've seen. Oh, it brings a tear to your eye. The Irish National Anthem. 
What a majestic place. <laughs> Temple Bar and Guinness Pints. Yeah, man. Bit of... As soon as, as soon as I heard the first first half a bar of that, just from classical conditioning, I'll just piss my pants myself. <laughs> Pure beer. <laughs> Not a national anthem you stand still for. Throw a chair. Fire up. Yeah. How, how good there's always a fucking Irish connection. How good is it that this Gerard who pissed on a plane it's not even the worst Gerard who's done something on a plane involving the toilet. Oh no. Finneran, you no. your mate fucking <laughs> shitting on a drinks cart, way worse, arguably. <laughs> but not famous. So Gerard Gerard himself, right, I know you're a fan. Hmm. He's uh, quite quite an interesting character, Debardo. He's one of bit of background, he's one of five children to a metal worker slash volunteer fireman father. He's an actor, obviously, and also the owner of a vineyard in Burgundy and a restaurateur, that old chestnut. Right. He, um, he sold his Paris restaurant in 2019, along with auctioning off the cellar, La Fontaine Gaillon. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Have you picked him just so you could fucking use your French? No. No, I'm not saying anything French. It was a 55 euro lunch dinner place starting... Uh, sorry, dinners dinners were at 90 euros, lunch at 55 euros. That's that's what we're looking at in the theatre district. Hardly a, hardly as tough as a Texas cowboy boot, T-bone steakhouse that New Money American actors dream of flushing cash through, <laughs> but a similar principle all the same. <laughs> By the way, American actors now, they're really getting on the booze bandwagon. Everyone's got a whiskey or a tequila or a fucking... Oh, yeah. Isn't that what your mate... Isn't that what your mate McGregor bashed your some old mate. bloke over because he didn't like his Conor McGregor brand of whiskey? Mate, proper 12 whiskey. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He offered, Have you drunk this? Offered him all, offered him all drinks. One of them said no, and McGregor clocked yeah. him. And he, he didn't go down, which says more about the state that Conor McGregor was in at the time or maybe just the solid Irish head. Oh, yeah. Get a few pints into an Irish head. They can take an absolute beating, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, it's what Land Cruisers are made out of—just Irish skulls. <laughs> I have had proper twelve before. Um, there's a place called Whiskey Bar in Melbourne near the um, uh, fuck what the Forum Theatre. Tiny little whiskey bar. It's fucking great. Beautiful whiskey from yeah. all around the world. I was in their last comedy festival with Daniel Sloss, um, your yeah, mate, the Scotsman. Daniel yeah. Sloss and we were we were trying to find some nice whiskey and this guy the guy running the place he was one of those blokes the person working that night you know when someone's too into booze yeah yep yeah, I know they give you too much information about a fucking drink yeah yeah he gave us a lot of information we figured out which ones we want we've ordered two of them and then I said how's the night and he said man it was actually fine until a bunch of fuckheads came in before. And he said, somebody else that works here ordered in Conor McGregor's proper 12 and that's all these blokes drank. And Sloss and I right. were like, fuck me, you got proper 12. He was so disappointed. <laughs> did you have one there? I did have one. Well, you had one laced with sputum, I would think. It's uh, it's it's just your Jamison with a different, you know, you know how people think VB is just crowny with a different label on it, that... It is. That vibe. <laughs> yeah. It is. <laughs> Crown sucks, man. Unless you're at a 90s wedding or a Chinese restaurant, don't fucking drink the stuff. <laughs> no good. Um, 
Like, like it's been covered before, though, celebrities with too much cash venture into the romantic world of food and beverage service. Oh. Like your fucking Kenny Rogers chickens, Jack Nicholas's Golden Bear franchise, yeah. your mate from Melbourne, that guy who decided his MasterChef TV money wasn't good enough, the tubby little one. Oh, yeah. Not the, not the fat one with the cravat, the little, the shorter one. So he's, he started a, started a food empire, didn't he? Your mm. mate figured paying staff award wages wasn't for celebrities. Why should he? So, um, they will come unstuck in the end, one way or another. Man, it's an ama- it's amazing what sort of empire you can build if you forget about superannuation. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon, that Amazon dude will be selling his his fucking employees' teeth in in thirty years. Yeah, they all just fell out. You wouldn't believe it. Um, I don't know. Also, by the way, don't you find it funny? Actors, people that have had everything done for them forever get into yeah. the hospitality business. That's the best part. Have you fuckwit seen how you treat these people? <laughs> you get one hundredth of that. I get it, you're a celebrity, but someone's going to come in and order you around one day. It's fucked. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that they want to do that, that that's their romantic notion. Mm. It's a real thumb of their nose to actual workers, this shit. Yeah. I find the same thing for people lifting up heavy shit and paying for the privilege. You know, fuck off, man. I've got to do that for eight hours a day. It sucks. <laughs> Would you ever, could you ever run a pub, Heggy? I could, yes, but you, I'd have to... Would you want to? Not really. The hours are fucking excruciating. Like, I've I've worked in a lot, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a real, you know, just putting your toe in the door of alcoholism for a start, but it's, yeah, it's hard work, real hard. <clears throat> and, believe it or not, people are cunts. Yeah. Um so Depardieu's busy. He's busy liquidating all his stuff these days, including a private mansion that's been on the market for years. But um, he is not short on incidents. Our Jared, he's oh. uh, not on planes. Is the only one. But in August 2012, he punched a motorist in the face when he crashed his scooter into the bloke's car. Jesus, this will this will surprise you. But actors sometimes they're not as coordinated as the characters they portray. <laughs> Should have had the stump man on the scooter. Would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> no. Sure, surely though, that's more embarrassing for the person in the car. If you get if you get fucking KO'd by a Vespa rider. Yeah. When that Vespa rider's a, a fat drunk Depardieu, I don't know. In November 2012, same year, he had a good year this year. He clocked a pretty impressive 0.18 alcohol reading uh, when he when he crashed his scooter again. In Paris, but uh, no harm, no foul. Escape with leg injuries. 0.18 in France. Is that breakfast? That's all right. If you <laughs> is that che- is that a cheeky lunch? It's celebrity Paris? brunch. Alcohol reading. <laughs> he's uh, he's got out of that with some leg injuries and some facial injuries that went largely unnoticed. So to continue his bumper year to get in just before Christmas, um, ruin Christmas. Yeah, I thought I was waiting for that. December December 2012. He'd had enough of tall poppy syndrome and became an official resident of Belgium. So, see you later, France. He's turned his back on him. In 2014, not that this is a legal issue, but he did anger producers of a film in which he was the lead by not bothering to show up to the premiere at your favourite place, Edinburgh Film Festival, because he went and got maggot the night before on the Isle of Skye. (laughs) And he blamed... He blamed a dodgy haggis, literally. Wow. You know another another word for dodgy haggis? Haggis. 
<laughs> yeah, that that does insinuate that there's a good kind. Yeah, I know. It's mad. Well, these I mean these these incidents, right, so far they all seem fairly paltry larrikin issues. By the way, but- you know you know his thing that in twenty fourteen what he could he claimed? What? In twenty fourteen he claimed he could drink up to fourteen bottles of wine a day. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which That's uh <laughs> To have that stomach, it really shows you what Scottish food can do to a person. <laughs> Again, we spoke about it the other week with the fish and chip shops in the UK. Um, it's I actually quite enjoy that they've they've just given like they just pretend that there's not fresh produce around. You can get oh, nice food, food there, but sucks. They're just like whatever. Why would you? It's not exactly crowded. The the fruit and veg aisle anywhere. <laughs> In that fucking toilet of a place. Your mate. 2014, when he was drinking 12 bottles of, uh, in the morning, or whatever you said, um, Jared has penned an open letter, the Prime Minister of France, no less. Wow. Which, for countries that have a president, the Prime Minister is a bit of a joke job, isn't it? It's like the honorary degree of the political world. Um from what I've seen, though, open letters are a practice by public figures on the internet just trying to somehow monetize victimhood. Jared, he wasn't happy with how much France had given him. He said in his open letter, I'm leaving because you consider that success, creation, talent, anything different must be punished. So thereafter, Depardieu has considered himself a citizen of the world, a term usually reserved for those cunts who play bongo drums on a beach in their jeans. (laughs) I love that's what he thinks they're against. Oh, yeah. His success. (laughs) Hey, mate, you've blown point one eight. You're accused yep. of assault and battery for punching a motorist in Paris, and he's like, "You fucking hate success, don't you?" They're all—it's none of that stuff ever bothers the French. You've seen how they just embrace grub rugby league players. I've—I've I've got to know because they are your mate, the French. Do you know why? Yep. Yeah, when rugby league players are grubs here, they just go to France. What's that all about? Uh, land of the second chance. The France have always just sort of turned a blind eye to grubbery. They are. Like, everyone thinks the French are just daintily sitting around eating cheese. There's still people fixing your fucking toilets over there, man. There's plenty of grubs. And there's they're, they're grubby players. I don't know if you've ever watched French rugby league, but it is fucking brutal. They had an extra element, sort of concentrate less on the fitness and more on the eye gouging. Yeah, perfect. You can't strengthen the eyeball, can you? <laughs> I think that's what muscle men are going for. That's the last bastion, trying to get muscles around the eye socket. None of them can achieve it. They're trying everything. They're prolapsing their arseholes trying to get muscly eye, eye sockets and it's not working out. So, um, Jared, has, after he's uh, had the Belgian um, citizenship, I don't think he got Belgian. He went to live in Belgium. He, he took Russian citizenship in 2013. Oh, no. Ultra fame, like hugely famous. They can push a man through to absolute lunacy. I don't know if everyone in Australia is aware of just how famous this guy is. Like you ask... You ask anyone worldwide to name five Frenchmen, including Napoleon, guaranteed they'll all include Depardieu. Yeah. Is that... I know he's massive, and to make that move to Russia, um, you do have to be quite well-known. The other people I know that have done it, Roy Jones Jr., the boxer, and that's the American boxer, and actor, American actor, uh, slash policeman, Steven Seagal. The lawman. Oh, there's a few others who've gone there but not moved. Jared's taken the well-trodden path, though, of modest upbringing, early-in-life cash, 
massive fame, long string of women in his wake, Messiah Complex, open a restaurant, close a restaurant, and finally befriend a dictator. In 2013, he was on the lookout for somewhere to park his cash. Yeah, nobody goes there because they've just clocked being a good bloke in another country. Um, Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, I've abided by all the rules here for so long that there's no other goodwill I can impart on the people of my homeland. Time to move to Russia. (laughs) um, He didn't want to have to pay that pesky income tax like the rest of us. And Putin has said, mate, come over to Moscow. You should see how little tax my mates have to pay. (laughs) In fact, you're not going to believe it if I tell you. Just get on a plane, get over here. I'll fill you in. Well, did you hear what what Depardieu said about Putin? He attacked Putin's critics for, and I quote, lacking vision. Then in his autobiography, Depardieu said Putin... Uh, quote, immediately liked my hooligan side. Absolutely. Who doesn't? Lovable larrikin. Lovable lump. <laughs> um, he also said everything Putin does, he does for Russia. By Russia, I think he means Putin. Putin, right? I've, I've, well, who doesn't know fucking Putin is? But we sort of looked, I looked into him a bit. He clocks in at five foot seven in internet inches. Oh, no. So. <laughs> When you take that into account, plus the megalomania and general unhinged manner of someone who poisons his enemies well into the 21st century and built-up shoes, that translates to about five foot four in real-world terms. And furthermore, judging by the Google predictions, I'm not the only one looking up Vladimir Putin height. As soon as you put in VLAD, it just says Vladimir Putin height. Again, is that the rest of the internet or the internet knowing you? I don't know. I think you type in any the first three letters of anyone's name and it's going to go, we know what this cunt's on. He's <laughs> looking to see if he's getting around in lifts. Well, Jared, Jared himself, he's a shadow under six foot, which surprised me. He looks bigger, but his general fatness makes him look taller. He'd, um, Jared, Depardieu, he'd have a bigger head than you. Yeah, he's, he's, I'm having a look. It is, it is quite a melon. I, I saw a photo of Vladimir and Jared in an embrace, which has always perplexed me. The countries who hate gays openly and tell them to get themselves either cured or dead tend to, as men, touch each other an awful lot in public. Jared's uh, he's gone there due to a, as a direct result of proposed change in French tax law that would see the wealthy taxed 75% of their income above 1 million euros a year. So you can earn a million, normal tax, over that 75%. He's not having that. So he's bought a property in uh, Mordovia region, yeah. saying this region, this region doesn't have oil or gas, but has rich people who make their wishes come true in life. And if you want to know, Moscow to Mordovia is a poultry eight hours in a black Range Rover. Bit cut off, bit remote for me. How long is he spending time in Mordovia before he goes, Fuck, you, know, you know what's better than this? Just having 25% of every dollar over a million and being in France. Oh, for sure. I don't know what it. Well, you can't account for fucking lunacy. He's um, you know what else he did while he's there? He's opened a Moscow restaurant. Of course he has. And you'll not guess what he called it. Jared's. He called it Jared. Bang. Not unlike future you calling your beachside Filipino bar Nicholas. <laughs> More <tea>! <laughs> <laughs> More chili cocktail. That's a spicy margarita. <laughs> Come and get one. Um. <laughs> he's um, 
he's got very he's got very confusing to me form in this realm, and it continues. In uh, in twenty eighteen, Depardieu attended a military parade in Pyongyang to mark the seventieth anniversary of the socialist state. Man, I I was about to bring up the best the athlete that's gone craziest and became friends with a dictator, and that's Dennis Rodman with Kim yeah. Jong Un. Yep. He got over there he, and got amongst it. Is he friends with the current one? Yeah. Or was he friends with the 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 new one who's probably dead? Yeah. Him. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought he was friends with the previous one as well. No? No, no, no. I think he's just friends with Kim Jong-un because he oh, uh, Kim Jong-un loved basketball. Oh, okay. That's good enough reason. <laughs> I'll, find, uh, I'll find a clip to put on the Instagram. There's a great clip of... Uh, Rodman in North Korea with some other American basketballers. They went over there to do like a little camp and, you know, yep. show their stuff off. And yep. uh, Rodman gets absolutely maggot and makes a speech maggot in North Korea. Right. Oh, that is dangerous territory, <laughs> even for a celebrity, I think. Jared went there, right? And he went and watched this parade. And I've got to say, I'm with Jared here. Socialism is best viewed from a corporate box. <laughs> overlooking Kim All Sung Square, farting into a recliner, being held up by the necks of half a dozen soldiers while receiving tax avoidance tips from North Korea's top brass. So I just quickly Googled Gerard Depardieu, North Korea, and the, yep. the headlines that I love, French actor Gerard Depardieu spotted in North Korea, spotted in crowds in Pyongyang. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nobody would stand out more in a crowd oh, in yeah. Pyongyang than that yeah, for sure. fucking massive-headed Frenchman. Yeah. Oh man, I was I was in Japan once, right? And I was it's just fucking season. I've never seen more people, but I've been everywhere. It was absolutely packed sort of um underground train situation. I looked across literally 60 odd meters of just fucking people. And there was a dude, I don't know where from, but he's white and he was a solid 6 foot fiver and I'm 6 foot and everyone else is about 56, five, 57. Five, yeah. And 50 meters away, I just looked at him, and he looked at me and we just waved to each other. <laughs> I still think about that. New mates. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, I mean, North Korea, everyone rips into North Korea, but I've, I've never heard a North Korean complaining about life in the socialist state. No. Obviously, it's a resounding success. Sounds pretty good. They don't complain. Man, they're always clapping. Anytime you see footage, oh, you're having a fucking great time. Nobody stops yeah. clapping. That's how much fun they're having. Yeah. <laughs> they adore the leader. With Russian visitors, though, I'd like to think that sort of differences in politics wouldn't prevent me from being friends with someone. I mean, I'm friends with you, despite your men's rights activism. But um, <laughs> but even I would grapple, I think, with being friends with a little bloke who poisons people who say something bad about him. And oh, that's fucking, again, easy for me to say. If I were in a position to poison my enemies, there'd be an awful lot of dead comedy audience members. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that? You're going to walk out of my show while yelling at me? Have a vodka cruiser. I've already taken the top off for you. Don't mind the extra fizz. Comedy would be brilliant if it wasn't for the fucking audience, but I'm, I'm rethinking that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, quite a quite an illustrious alumni, a couple of whom you've mentioned, your Roy Jones Jr. types, have been to Russia. I couldn't envisage ever even going there, but like to, to go there as a, as a... No, I'd go, but like as a visitor to the state. Like oh, as, yeah. Getting it invited to go there. Yeah. It's insane. There's uh there's Mike Tyson. Yeah. Uh Sean Penn. Yeah. Mariah Carey, Kanye West, Mickey Rourke. Uh 
Jim Carey had a five-day bender with an oligarch once. Russian, Russian elite, they're like the kid at school who paid people to hang around. Like pre-autism boom autistics just doling out free packets of chips to mercenaries to sit next to them at little lunch. Fucking yuck. Oh, man. Um, didn't Beyonce cop shit about that a few years ago? Did she go to Russia for a party? She did a $2 million, $2 million gig for Colonel Gaddafi's son. Right. <laughs> that sort of money is hard to pass up. Oh, no, I'm not knocking them. If you dig into everyone, you'll find they've worked for some fuckhead at some stage. You can't, mm. you know. But there are some lines when you're a multi-multi-millionaire, you could probably say no. <laughs> um, the best, though, of course, and you mentioned him before, is uh, Stephen Seagal, who is in charge of Russia's humanitarian services. Wow. Bang-up job he's doing, too. Just ask any bloke in the gulags with a gun to his temple how well he's being treated by the state. They'll say, everything's cool. Russian-US relations have been on the slide, despite all of Special Envoy Seagull's tireless work, which is included, but not limited to, slowly sashaying around outside the Kremlin in pink sunglasses and a neckerchief. When I see a, I see a man in a neckerchief of advancing years, and I usually think, is he trying to hide a wrinkly neck? Can't be. Doesn't make sense. He's still young enough to have jet black hair. <laughs> and colourful glasses. Who is this yeah. hip, Who is this hip, cool kid? <laughs> I, I like I, this, the whole celebrity thing is fucking amazing to me. That very, very modern history is full of examples like this. Can you imagine if you fell into a coma late last century and came to now the surprises you'd get? People to say things like, "Oh, special run, Russian envoy Steven Seagal," and you'd just start laughing. Go, I'm gonna have to stop you there. <laughs> hey, you're not gonna believe this. You used to be a bloke in the movies, ridiculous ponytail and everything. <laughs> One time he's on a submarine and he beat everyone up. Generally, just, just by staring at them and moving very slowly, he had the same name as this ambassador bloke. People would say, oh, yeah, that's him. You'd f- spit your fucking milkshake all over the telly. It's, it's across all Amer- American dreams, brilliant. And they'd say, oh, Governor Schwarzenegger. And you go, fuck, mate, you're not going to believe this. It used to be Mr. Universe had the same name. And they'd say, yeah, that's him. And that's before you even talk about presidents. Fucking amazing. Stephen Seagal, father of seven, Stephen who, at the turn of the century, made the wise move to ensure all his movies went direct to television. Cuts out the middleman. He's, um... <laughs> Do you know he was re- responsible? So I'm looking at his filmography on Wikipedia. Yep. He's, um, he's functioned... He's actually uh, contributed music to eight films. Yes. Yeah, I did know that. Wow. They, um, I haven't listened to any. I didn't get that far. But and yeah, his, his character sucked in Bad Day to Be a Bloke with the surname Heggy. His character in the 2005 film Submerged, Chris yeah. Cody. Yes. Ah, yes. There you go. <laughs> Good on you, mate. That'll be on your resume pretty soon. <laughs> Stephen, he's always had stuntmen in his movies. Not much need for them because he's very good, but uh, they never really warmed up to him. They'd say he deliberately hits them in scenes when he doesn't need to. One time, this is one of my favourite Stephen stories, he, uh, he was on set regaling everyone with a fact about himself that he is immune to being choked out due to his Aikido expertise. Great. And a, uh, a stuntman offered to test the theory. And it turned out that not only was Stephen wrong, but when he, when he falls unconscious, he shits his pants. Oh, no. <laughs> That's also a defence mechanism as part of Aikido. 
Yeah. <laughs> Wipe shit on yourself like people do in jail so the pigs don't touch them. Yeah, sure, I fell asleep, but now your pants are dirty. So yeah. <laughs> who's the real loser? Um, he, he also has offered to help numerous UFC fighters. I believe Anderson Silva, one of the greatest of all time, uh, Brazilian yeah. fighter, Seagal's offered to help. And then Daniel Cormier, who was recently uh, UFC heavyweight champion, um, Seagal has turned up and said, fucking good news, I'm here. You're going to win. What it, does he literally walk in and go, hey, guys, it's me? They yeah. say who? Yeah. Because they're young enough to not be born yeah. pre under siege. Yeah. What just offers offers tips. And Cormier, an Olympic wrestler who's been UFC light heavyweight and UFC heavyweight champion, probably thought this guy with the fucking jet black hair and the neckerchief, he can probably show me a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, we digress. I'll Depard Doe, right, he's, he's ticked a lot, lot of boxes of celebrity overstepping here. The ones he's missed, obviously, are piloting aircraft, spirituality of some description, and telling the working classes to cough up some of their hard-earned into a charity named after himself. But he has gotten a lot of the rest of the stuff there. His kids certainly don't like him. He's nailed that one. Oh, That's, yeah? Um, well, the ones that are alive, anyway. Famous people's kids, they don't go that well. You might want to watch that yourself, mate. Oh, fuck. I could never be in trouble for that. You know, you know how many steps you've got to get through to get from me to famous? Um, I reckon there's got to be black and white photos of my son and I in the paper, and I'm talking about what fatherhood means to me. That's one of the steps. Yep. yep. Kids book, uh, another blazer show. That won't happen. Mate, I think, I think you've bypassed all of that. You're at the pinnacle of Australian entertainment, doling out icy cold cans of Coke off the tailgate of a Black Thunder in Brisbane. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> well, he's um, uh, he's sort of one one of Jared's sons, right? He's died in his thirties, which oh. yeah, I'm still laughing from the previous thing. Not at this attempting attempting the same career path as his dad: drugs, motorbike crash, infection, gangrene, amputation, pneumonia, the usual. He's got a daughter. He's got heaps of kids, but his daughter had five nose jobs in an attempt to look less like him. Now, I'm not saying that. She said that. My father is a hoodlum. He says one thing and does another. You have to be wary of him. Oof. I mean, it sounds to me, though, on this, the only people who don't find larrikins lovable are the ones who are supposed to have received some form of love from them at some stage. <laughs> Their f- larrikin families, they just don't seem to know them like we do. <laughs> Characters, charmers, great blokes. Um, anyway, the fallout from the pissing on the plane thing, it's hard to get in proper trouble when you have Jared money. Everybody had a bloody good laugh about the exact thing is that has landed lesser people in jail, including yours truly. I don't know if I... Did I tell you this? In Brisbane, sort of the tail end of the jail era, the uh, pigs, Pig City uh, era of Brisbane. I, I was 19. I, I got arrested. Um, there was a definite shortage of public toilets in Brisbane, especially yeah. at 2 a.m. Yeah. And I was, I, was, I was busting, and I knew I wouldn't make it home. And I saw a dark, deserted... Gravel, no less, car park. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, don't mind if I Gerard Depard do. So the filth, they were hiding in a car in the car park just waiting for someone like me. Yeah. So no such thing as a warning or get out of here, little fella. Not in Pig City, no way. It was a paddy wagon, night in the clink, criminal record, fingerprints, mugshots, indecent really? behaviour charge. Yeah. 
Fuck I get the yeah. feeling if if Jared and I swapped punishments, I think it would have been a little closer to justice. <laughs> Do you still have any of that? Any of those documents? Uh, someone framed one and gave it to me once. My arrest thing, but I, I I don't know where it is. Be at mum's somewhere. I don't. <laughs> I don't have mug up, shots or anything. They up, up on the wall next to a signed um, Wally Lewis poster. Yeah, <laughs> right next to me and my brothers in skivvies. As you walk in the front door, there's my arrest sheet. Um, there's, <laughs> I I don't have mug shots. They say they get rid of it after a certain number of years, but I don't believe them. I'm yeah. sure there's still mug shot and fingerprints of me in Brisbane uh, police station. But uh, that's uh, that is. The fucking tale of Gerard Depardieu. Keep being a larrikin, buddy. All he had to do was go on uh, talk shows and have a laugh. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not a monster. I'm just a man who wants to pee. He went on shows like, like Graham Norton and they just read out some funny headlines about it. And that was it. Bloody good publicity. Well, and then he just had yeah. a laugh and everyone's like, oh, good on him. Yeah, that's Jared. I think that, that time's done now, though, isn't it? Uh, the ruffle of the hair for a larrikin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. that's a, that's 10 years ago. Yeah, probably. I don't think you can pull your dick out anywhere now, even if it's just innocently to piss on the carpet on a plane. <laughs> Fucking nanny state. Fucking nanny state, indeed. Political correctness gone mad. Man, you know what I'm most impressed by? If you go Gerard Depardieu and then images, his head doesn't look the same in any of them. Yeah, right. Well, like it he's... depends on the time of, di- time of day. Is it full of red wine? <laughs> <laughs> or Barocca. <laughs> that brings us to the end of another episode of Mid-Flight Brawl. Gerard Depardieu, that's all you need to do, Heggy. Just put a dash over one of the vowels in your name and you're fucking good to go. You're a bit of fun. He's French. He loves wine. Whatever you want. It's cute. What do you got coming up, mate? Uh, more of the same. Just labouring on building sites all fucking day and then uh, doing two or three pub gigs in Sydney per week so look up lukeheggy.com if you're in Sydney you want to come to one come and say good day. lukeheggy.com you're always shifting units moving those pencils midflightbrawl.com if you want some t-shirts Air Jaden midflightbrawl logo shirts at midflightbrawl on Instagram and chuck us a review if you can on iTunes that always helps we really appreciate it cheers mate speak to you later Oi. Thanks for tuning in to Midair Brawl. This is our very first episode. Heggy, you're already shaking your head. It's mid-flight brawl, dickhead. Oh, fucking hell. Dribbling on me. Makes you think, doesn't it? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.